First of all, all I have to say is, wow. Just to look at how many young people are here. And as I was going through some of the statistics and, and seeing how many people from different age groups are here and, and to see how many are converted. Wow, the converted ones are really in the minority in this room here. Probably there's over 180 of you in this room right now. And I believe there's only 30, 30 converted. This year's theme at camp, Arise, Shine. To me, the first thing that jumped out was Rise and Shine. Like a wake-up call. And for the converted ones, I want to apologize right now in advance. Tonight's message is going to be geared and directed to the unconverted. I would ask and solicit your prayers, not only for me, but for those that are unconverted. Pray for them. That this week at camp, they would truly rise and shine. That it would be a wake-up call for them. Yes, we're only in Monday, but it's time to start thinking serious. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before Thee this evening as we're about to open Thy Word and meditate upon it. Heavenly Father, we, we are just so thankful that there are so many here. We are thankful that there are so many here. Perhaps they have not come voluntarily. Perhaps they've come because they wanted to make their parents happy. Perhaps they've come to see their friends, to hang out this week, have a good time. Heavenly Father, we pray and ask and beseech Thee that Thou wouldst prick their hearts, those that are unconverted, that Thou wouldst touch them this evening and, and every day here at camp, that Thou wouldst speak to them, that Thou wouldst convict them, that Thou wouldst make them realize that they're sinners and they need a Savior. So, Heavenly Father, we just pray and ask all things in Christ's name. Amen. Loved ones, I wish to just read one verse, actually a part of one verse, from Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. The way I see it, it breaks up into three phrases. And I'd like to focus on those three phrases. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 14. Awake! Thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. The first phrase, awake, thou that sleepest. How many of you have an alarm clock? How many of you use an alarm clock? Put up your hands. How many of you are like me? When you wake up in the morning... Or when that alarm clock goes off in the morning, you hit the snooze button. 
Put up your hands. Why do we hit the snooze button? We don't want to perhaps face the day too lazy. Feels better just to be knocked out sleeping. Loved ones, in a way, alarm clock keeps going off spiritually. When you're convicted, it goes and it buzzes, and you put it off by hitting the snooze button. Tonight, the Word of God is speaking to you. Don't hit the snooze button. Wake up. Don't put things off for another nine minutes until it goes off again. Then another nine minutes. Because you know what happens eventually? You've all heard the term, you snooze, you lose. You might miss what you're supposed to be going to, the class, the job. It's not a good habit. My friend outside of Christ, the Word of God is speaking to you tonight. This week, when that alarm clock goes off, get up. Rise and shine. Arise, shine. Second phrase, and arise from the dead. I want you guys to think about somebody who's perhaps passed away, somebody who's dead. It doesn't even have to be a somebody, it could be your pet. I don't know if any of you know my wife, she's a nurse. She works actually in the what I call the pleasant part of the hospital, the happy, the happy floor. It's the floor where children are born, where mothers have newborn babies. I want to share with you something that happened to her about a year ago when she was working. One of her patients gave birth to a baby that was dead. Sandra had the unpleasant experience to, to take that baby, to put it in a bag, to zip it up, and to carry it to the morgue. When she carried it, she said it just felt so limp. It had no strength in it. It felt so heavy. And the saddest thing was when she put her into that cooler, she left it there to be separated, to be set apart. That baby was born dead, choked on its own umbilical cord. I'm sure you, you've experienced seeing somebody that's dead. Here the text tells us, Arise from the dead, my friend outside of Christ, you're dead. You are dead. You are just like that baby that was born dead. 
except for maybe you weren't born with an with a umbilical cord around your neck. Perhaps you're thinking, some of you, the younger ones, are thinking, what's he talking about? I'm dead. I'm not dead. I'm right here. I'm alive. Ephesians chapter 2 says, you're dead in your trespasses and your sin. You didn't have an umbilical cord around your neck, but you have sin and the trespasses around your neck. You were born dead. Just like that baby, you're powerless. You're unable to help yourself. You're lifeless. You have no hope. Absolutely no hope. And you know what we do with dead people. They're separated. They're separated from us. In that sense, my friend, you're dead. Perhaps you're thinking, well, that's not fair. I was born dead. But God, He did something. He established a law so there would be no excuse. No excuse for you to show you that you can't do it on your own. To prove to you that you're dead. To prove to you that you are dead. He established the law, to teach you. You've been all taught the law, the Ten Commandments, from when you were just a little child. And we teach you that so that you can strive to a higher standard. But the Word of God teaches us that that law was established to to show you that you are dead, to show you that you are powerless in yourself, to show you that, that you have no hope in yourself to keep this law to keep God's standard. Romans chapter 3 says, What then? Are we better than they? No, in no wise. For we have, bef- for we have before proved both Jews and Gentiles that they are all under sin. Everybody is under sin. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. All mankind is in this lost state. All of you you and all of us were in this lost state without any hope. Their throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues they have used deceit. The poison of asp is under their lips, whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God. 
Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is a knowledge of sin. God was so gracious. He established the law to show to each one of you that you're a sinner, that you're condemned. To make it something that you can realize. You see, there's nobody that can meet God's standard. None of you. Just to prove that point, perhaps you think of yourself right now as a good person compared to other people, compared to other people at school. Perhaps you don't do drugs. You've never killed anybody. Perhaps you, you're recognized in, in, in the town or in the city that you live in as, a, as somebody who keeps the law, a law-abiding citizen. But have you ever told a lie? Be honest with yourself. Have you ever told a lie? Of course. Have you ever, young men, looked upon a woman the wrong way? A woman that doesn't belong to you and lusted after her? God's word says that that makes you an adulterer at heart. Perhaps you've disobeyed your parents. One of God's Ten Commandments is honor thy father and thy mother. You see, my friend, you're a sinner. You don't measure up to God's standard. And there's, no matter how hard you try, no matter what you do, no matter all the good that you try to do, you can't do it. You can't measure up to his standard. He's not like a human that we can just sort of be graded by the curve. He's perfect. He's holy. He's righteous. He doesn't issue a free pass at Judgment Day and say, ah, you are good compared to all the others in your class. Come on in. By God's standards, there is none righteous. None. And because of that, there is none that can make it to heaven on their own. None that can stand before the judgment throne and say, but God, I did this, or I did that. Ephesians chapter 5, the second phrase that we're focusing in on says, Arise from the dead. Those of you who have not yet been converted, you are dead in your sins. It's a pretty dark picture. It's pretty bleak, if you ask me. Pretty depressing. When you think about it, the third phrase gives us hope. Something awesome happened. 
You see, God loved us so much. He couldn't take it that you would be dead in your sins. He made a way. He provided an escape. And although the circumstance was so dark, although your circumstance right now, my friend, is so dark, because you can't do it on your own, you're dead. You have no power within yourself to do anything that's good. The third phrase tells us, and Christ shall give thee light. You see, my friend outside of Christ, the only hope that we have is in what God has done through His Son, Jesus Christ. There's a verse in Luke that I really like. It's, it takes place when Mary and Elizabeth are both expecting. I believe Zechariah Zacharias says something. Through the tender mercy of our God, whereby the day spring from on high hath visited us. The day spring from on high hath visited us. The day spring is just another word for the sunrise. You see, this world was in darkness. And God sent His Son as a light. As a sun that rises to give light to this darkened world. You see, in Ephesians chapter 2, it talks about what God has done through Jesus Christ to those that are dead. It says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin by God, who is rich in mercy for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. While we were dead in sins, Christ had us on his mind. And he took on the form of man. And he came into this world to bring light to a sin-darkened world. He came to bring light into your life, my friend. He came to bring you life. What is light? When we think of Jesus, he's the light. What is light? My friend, light is a source of life. There cannot be life here on this earth without light, without the sunlight. Light is a source of warmth. We get warmth from the sunlight, just like Christ will bring you warmth in your life. Because He's the light, He brings you life, He brings you warmth, love. Christ exposes your sin, He's the light that makes you see your sin. The law does that, but so does Christ. He illuminates. He exposes sin. He convicts sin. We all know that Jesus Christ is the truth, the life, and the way. He shines a light so we can see the way. And He's the only way. That's what the light does. It, it, it gives off light so we can see where we're going. It shows us the way. A 
Another thing that the light does, it removes fear. Being in a state of darkness, being dead, that's scary. Christ removes fear. He's the light that removes fear. My friend outside of Christ. There is somebody who loves you so much that he's paid the price for your sin. He's paid it by taking on the form of man and dying on the cross. He had you on your mind. He had you on his mind when he died on that cross. Each one of you personally. He doesn't want you to remain dead. He wants to give you life. What you need to do, you need to recognize. You need to recognize that you can't do it on your own. You need to recognize that you're powerless, that you're lifeless in the state that you're in. You need to recognize that Jesus Christ is the way. He's the way. He's the one who paid the price for your sinful nature. He's the, he's the one who can take you from being dead and he can make you alive. He's the one who can take you from darkness and into his marvelous light. You need to recognize that. But then you need to act on it. You need to confess it. Don't hit the snooze button. You need to respond. Wake up and say, yes, I'm a sinner. And then I need a savior. You need to identify with his death and resurrection through baptism. Openly testifying to this world that now you will serve him out of love, out of gratitude for what he's done for you. And let others know that you were once dead and now you're alive. This week, my friend outside of Christ. The Lord is setting off the alarm. He's letting you know that you are a sinner. He's convicting you. That's the alarm. Don't put it off. Recognize it. Admit, admit it. Submit to him. Yield your life to him. And then follow through. This life will not be a, a life of roses. In fact, there's an analogy I wish to share with you. It's the analogy of, of a plane. Maybe many of you have heard it. A plane that, is, that you're on. You're a passenger on a flight. The stewardess comes to you and says, this flight is going to be going down. We're going to crash land. Take this parachute upon you. Put it on. And when it's time, jump off. This parachute is going to save you. You would take that parachute and you'd be extremely happy that this parachute is going to save you from a plane crash. But you know what? Sitting on that little crowded, cramped seat, that parachute's going to cause you some discomfort. That parachute is going to be a little bit of a, a pain but it won't matter because you know this parachute's going to save you. 
It's going to give you the same kind of peace, same kind of joy and happiness that Christ gives you. Knowing that putting on Christ will save you from the plane wreck. It will save you from eternal condemnation. Eternally being separated from God. Like that baby was separated from his or her parents. Here in this life. If you remain in your sinful state and remain dead in your sins and trespasses, you'll be separated from God eternally. But when you put on Christ, although there might be some discomfort along the way, the rewards will far outweigh, far outweigh any discomfort. And in fact, this parachute will give you peace. Having Christ in your life will give you peace and joy, knowing where you're going, knowing that you will be saved, knowing that when you meet God, He won't see you in your sinful state, in your lost and dying nature, but He'll see the ransom that's been paid by His Son because of His love for you. My friend outside of Christ, accept. Accept the free gift. Accept the grace that God has provided. His free grace. All you need to do is believe. Believe in the, in the provision for your sinful and dead state. At this time, I wish to have one hymn. Mr. Amy. And then we'll have Brother Ron conclude with a prayer.